Join Planet Fitness now through March 16th and get the PF Black Card for zero enrollment in $22.99 a month. You'll enjoy an upgraded experience with tons of perks. Like access to more than 2,000 locations worldwide? Yep. Super soothing hydro massage chairs? Yes. Can I bring a friend every time? Sure. Can my friend be a horse? Mm, nay. Uh, sorry. Get the PF Black Card and feel fit-tacular. Zero enrollment, $22.99 a month. Deal ends March 16th. See club for details. Blog Talk Radio. I was lost, but you came and found me. You left your throne, thinking about me. You bled and died to show me mercy. You gave your all because you saw my But you came and filled me I was blinded But you helped me to see I was broken But you made me whole again I felt like nothing But you gave me confidence And I'm filled with so much gratitude These words are not enough To explain the matter the passion of my love Oh, you took everything I want Maybe what I am And all I am I worship you You took everything I want Maybe what I am And all I am Worship you You 
awesome God he is, he is, he is. Good evening. Welcome to Blessings by Grace Radio. Tonight is Thursday, August the 6th, 2020. The time is 9.34 p.m. You did hear I worship you by gospel sister duel. Mary Mary has Erica and Tina Campbell. <clears throat> Good evening. I will welcome you into the Blessings by Grace Radio Hour, Thursday night, full for the soul Bible study sessions tonight, tonight, tonight. We have in the studio with us previously acclaimed Bishop, founder, and overseer of the Greater All Nation, Pentecost Church of Jesus Christ, located at 8516 South Thompson Avenue, Los Angeles, California, 9 triple zero one is the address, Sunday morning services at 1130 a.m., once COVID-19 is over, we'll be regaining our fellowship in the storehouse. But until then, we're on virtual Facebook every Sunday morning, 1130 a.m., the Blessings by Grace radio Facebook page. Now, tonight, what I want to talk about before Bishop comes on is telling you guys why we study the Bible. Because some of you may wonder why we do a Bible study, why we study the Bible. So this is what I have. Why study the Bible? It may seem like a silly question, especially if you're a person who studies it often, but it's worth considering. Bible study can become a dry or optional habit if we're not coming to God's word for the right reasons. The word of God is a priceless treasure. It's true, and it will always be true. It's enough, and it will always be enough. It's unchanging, yet it is living and able to speak to each of us. I have three reasons to study your Bible. The first reason is to learn who God is, know him better, and recognize his voice. How do you get to know someone? When you meet someone new, you take in your first impression. Listen to what they say and watch what they do. Eventually, the real person will become known. We go through a similar process of getting to know God. Of course, God can reveal himself in any way imaginable at any time and to any month. But if we have his word, then he expects us to read it and to know him through it. As we read his word and observe his actions, we get to know who he is. And number two, to gain wisdom, learn what's right, correct, wrong thinking, and receive guidance. Now, it's tough to figure out what is right and wrong in this world, isn't it? Cultural understandings, other people's views, and our own biases make it very difficult to know with certainty how to handle the questions and problems life brings us. Even with the immovable truth of the Bible, it's not that easy. And the third thing that I've come up with tonight is to see and follow Jesus. Now, my goal in life is to follow Jesus well. It doesn't matter if we live in the United States, China, Brazil, or a crowded refugee camp. If we live a comfortable and prosperous life, or if we must scrape together every meal, if we follow Jesus well, we will have lived a successful life nonetheless. So I said all that to say it is amazing to follow Jesus, and it is equally as amazing to study his word, because God does say in the Bible, my saying, it is the worst thing. My people perish because of lack of knowledge. Reading is fundamental. Knowledge is power. When you have knowledge, 
when you can read and understand, no one can stop you from doing God's work. Because everything you read in the Bible, the Lord will bring it to your attention. You can read the same scripture 157 times in one year. Every time you read it, the Lord will bring to you something different. Something will manifest slightly different than the time you read before. You may get a different understanding, a different correlation. Well, whatever you're getting, God is giving it to you. And if you want to have those understandings and those talks with Jesus, do that. Everybody read the land, promise me this favor, that you will pick up your Bible and at least read two scriptures off the Bible. If you don't do anything else for me, please read two scriptures off the Bible. And then pray and say, Lord, help me understand definitively what those scriptures are so I can understand your word, so I can understand you, so I have a better ideology as to who you are and what you'd like me to do for you and how you're trying to better my life. Ask the Lord in your own time. He'll answer it. He'll do it. But for now, let's be ready to learn from the men of the hour. I'm ready to be spiritually fed as you are. Because if you weren't, you would not have tuned in to our radio broadcast tonight. So we thank you. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, the man of the hour, Dr. Bishop Alphamore. God bless you, and thank you all for listening to me. God bless you in Radio Land tonight. Thank you once again, amen, for tuning this way. Thank the Lord for, amen, my announcer bringing us on tonight again and giving her a sermonette of what she believes the Bible is to amen, which is the word of God, which is the same thing I shall bring, amen, to you tonight. Uh, let's, let us remember, praise the Lord, we still are in mighty dangers of COVID-19, death is still riding, and people are still hard-headed. They're not, amen, wearing their masks like they should, and they're not uh, being social distant like they should. Let us pray, amen, much tonight for our world, amen, and God may uh, sweep this disease from among us. We're going to call your attention tonight, amen, to the book of Colossians, verse 3, 8 through 14. And reason says, But now ye also put off all the anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Jew nor Greek, circumcision nor uncircumcision, Barnabas, uh, both, no free, but Christ is all in all. Put on, therefore, the elect of God, 
holy and beloved bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgive you, so also you do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfection. Second Corinthians 2, 7 and 11 says, So that contrarywise ye ought rather to forgive him and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one should be swallowed up with overwhelming sorrow. Wherefore I beseech you that you would confirm your love towards him. For to this end also did I write that I may know the proof of you, whether you be obedient in all things, to whom ye forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgive anything to whom I forgive it, for your sake forgive I it in the person of Christ, lest Satan should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his device. We want to talk to you tonight about living in forgiveness. Living in forgiveness. The writer, amen, in Colossians is bringing our attention, amen, and letting us know that, but you, but now ye also put off all of these as being a believer in Christ Jesus. He said, you put off all of these, anger. The Bible tells us, amen, be ye angry, but sin not. Put off all these things, wrath, trying to hurt somebody, malice and blaspheming, filter communication out of your mouth. Put all these things away. We did those things, amen, when we did not know Jesus Christ. Line one to another one. Seeing that you have put off the old man with his deed. But now you're going to put on a new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. We don't put on Jesus now. We are amen not to walk after the thing that we used to walk after or do the thing that we used to do, say the same thing, amen, that we used to say, because we don't put on the new man. Before Adam and Eve ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the world was peaceful and it was beautiful. And in the divine Estimation, everything in it was very good. There was a time, amen, that Adam and Eve just lived in perfect harmony 
with the Lord because everything was good. They didn't know what evil was. So amen, at that time, it was good. Concerning about amen, making decision between good and evil did not exist. That didn't exist because all that they knew was good. Somewhere down the line, amen, something happened. Mankind, amen, was there to commune with God and enjoy the blessings of life. He was was there just to please God and enjoy the blessings of life. Moreover, when Adam and Eve swallowed the forbidden fruit, suddenly everything changed. When Adam and Eve disobeyed God, everything changed. First came sin. Then came his devastation of guilt. Sin came. Then guilt came. And fallen by the Greek and English of pain, death and murder came. That's by disobedience. By disobeying the Lord, the world turned all of a sudden. No longer do we live in a place of pure peace and love. We don't live in that world anymore. The world has changed, and the world is constantly changing. No longer can we say, Everything is very good. We can't say that today because we know everything is not very good. Today we live in a world that consists of both good and evil. The eyes came open to know what good and evil was. Once they didn't know what nothing but good, but the eyes is open. Your eyes are open today. You know what good is and you know what evil is. And that's the kind of world that we're living in today. When the good things of life come our way, we enjoy happiness, contentment, and peace when good come our way. The challenge we face is how to negotiate through life when evil and its destruction force come against us. We got to know how to negotiate in life when evil come against us. Because evil come to destroy us. How can we avoid being overcome by evil and its poison fruit and bitterness? The world is poison. The fruit that people that eating is poison. Society is poison. And they are eating Amen. Forbidden fruit. God told them not to touch it. The day that you eat of this fruit, you shall surely die. Mankind is constantly dying because they disobeyed the Lord. Word of God, amen, in Hebrew 12, 14 says, follow peace with all men. Follow peace. Blessed are the peacemakers, for there is the kingdom of God. Father, peace with all men and holiness without 
which no man shall see the Lord. If we are not holy, I'm talking to humanity. I'm not talking about denominations. Now I'm talking about humanity as a whole. I'm talking about believers, amen, that believe in Jesus Christ. If we are not holy, we won't see the Lord. Holy without no man shall see the Lord. We are looking diligent, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Don't let bitterness come up in your heart, in your spirit. We are new creatures. We have been changed. We have been born again. The right eye, amen, in the book of Hebrew, he wants us to prevent believers from falling short of the grace of God by allowing a root of bitterness to spring up. You don't want, amen, a root of bitterness is to spring up in our heart. Amen, against the grace of God. The grace of God is good. It's married. And he don't want, amen, uh, us to allow the root of bitterness to spring up, causing trouble and ultimately defile them. Or defile yourself, amen, if you let root of bitterness spring up in your heart. Satan plants a bitter seed. And he always trying to Praise the Lord calls us to uh, go against the word of God, living in forgiveness, living in the time we're living in, amen. We must learn to forgive, amen, one another in this hour and time that we're living in right now. Hebrew 9 and uh, Hebrew 13 and 9 says, it is good that the heart be established with grace. Let grace be in your heart. Let the goodness of the Lord be in your heart. Not your own righteousness. Our righteousness is as filthy rags in the eyesight of the Lord. But amen, let, let the goodness of God be established in your heart. In other words, only the grace of God's work in us can make us, amen, personal, make us holy. Only the work of, amen, God in us, in our heart. It got to be righteousness within our heart. We must, amen, produce righteousness out of our heart. Not our righteousness, amen, but the righteousness of Jesus Christ. We got to be pure and we got to be undefiled. We can't be trying to fool ourselves. Amen. God knows what's in your heart. And he knows whether your heart is right. On whom does God give grace? Who do God give grace? He giveth amen to the humble. James, amen, 4, 6. And 1 Peter 5 and 5. Could we conclude that a mark of humbleness is pursue peace with all people? And pursue holiness. A mark of holiness, amen, is to pursue peace with all people. And a mark of holiness. 
Does it follow that if we fail to pursue either one of these, that we limit God's work of grace within our heart? If we, if we fail to pursue peace, if we, if we fail to pursue wholeness, then, amen, we limit God's work of grace within our heart. We don't want to limit God's work of grace in our heart. Certainly this is one way believers could fall short or uh, come up short of his grace if we limit the power of Jesus within our heart. The first problem is that if we do not pursue peace and holiness, is that what we're living after today, peace and holiness? Is that what's in your heart, believers? You want the peace of Jesus within your heart. Jesus said, my peace I leave with you, not as the world has, but my peace I give unto you. Are you following holiness? Our heart will not receive the grace we need if we don't let these things, amen, dwell within us. This omission, amen, leads to the next problem. Lest any root of bitterness spring up, trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Don't let bitterness come within your heart. Bitterness will destroy the, the love of Jesus Christ within you. You can't be a saint of God and allow bitterness, amen, is to spring up in your heart. If bitterness come, if resentment come, what must a believer do? Allow us to stay there. The Bible says, amen, let not therefore sin range in your monster body that you should obey it in the love thereof. If you, amen, have a lot of bitterness in the comments of your heart, repent, 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 and let God restore you back home. The choice seems to be whether we want to be at peace with many or want to defile many. What are your spirits saying tonight? Do you really want to be at peace, follow peace with all mankind, and holy without no man shall please the Lord? Or oh, amen. Uh, do you want amen? Do you want amen uh, uh, to be defiled many? You want to defile many people? With bitterness, evil, there is no evil in the Holy Ghost. There is no bitterness in the Holy Ghost. Bitterness spring up out of the flesh that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. Let Jesus dwell in your heart by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love. What did he say? That you be rooted and grounded in love. Not bitterness, not hatred, not prejudice, but that you be a believer. No matter who you are, what denomination you are under, what race, creed, or color, let amen bitterness 
that you may be rooted and grounded in love. Amen. God wants us to be rooted and grounded in love. Beloved, rooted it and built up in him. We got, we got to build up ourselves in him through his word and establish in the faith. We got to be established in the faith as ye have been taught abundantly therein with thanksgiving. Amen. Be established in the faith. You have been taught. Don't let Satan steal your joy, your love that Jesus implanted within you. That was Colossians, amen, 2 and 7. Ephesians, amen, 3 and 17 says, Paul wrote that we should be rooted and grounded in love. You see, when you're rooted and grounded in love, you, you, I don't care what come up against you, man, you ain't going to move too quickly. You're unshakable. Things cannot upset you. No matter how contrary it is coming against you, amen, you are not going to, amen, let bitterness spring up in your heart if you're rooted and grounded in love. And that's how we got to be built up, amen. Today, we got to be rooted and grounded in the love of Jesus Christ. Paul said, I let nothing separate me from the love of Jesus Christ, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I'm not going to let nothing. I'm ready and I'm grounded in Jesus. He further stated, amen, in Colossians 2 and 7, that we should be rooted and built up in him. We ought to be built up in Jesus. Not just talk about Jesus, but amen, built up in him. We ought to be under the power of Jesus, under the anointing of Jesus. We ought to be built up in him. We need to have our hearts deeply rooted in love and in faith. If you don't, amen, our adversary is going to try to come and remove, amen, you from that. Our heart and our faith ought to be rooted in love and in faith. <laughs> deeply. Now, amen. Too many built their house on shattered land, on second sand. And when the storm of life came, amen, it couldn't stand because, amen, it didn't have no foundation. But I don't care, amen, what come upon earth. If you root it and you are grounded in Jesus Christ in love, can't nothing shake your house. Yet the scripture, amen, reveal it is possible for a heart to contain rooted roots of bitterness, which defile the person, and as a result, can also defile many others. The scripture says that Amen. Amen. It reveals it is possible for a heart to contain to contain root of bitterness. Your heart can get bitter. You allow all the unsorted things, amen, come into your life, 
or the things that you listen to, amen, on television, praise the Lord, and in society that come into your life, you can, amen, allow your heart to come bitter. And which defiles a person, and as a result can also defile many others. That, that, that stream of bitterness can, amen, go from one to another. But if you root it and ground it in love, can't nothing get into your soul. Bitterness, it produces, amen, a destructive poison. Have you ever seen people, amen, say, I know Jesus, I love Jesus, but out of their mouths, out of their heart, you can feel bitterness come out of them? Or they portray that they know the Lord, and you can see bitterness all in their face. That's a poison. It is poison to our spirit. Because our spirit ought to produce love. Every good thing in a person's heart. And then, uh, and that is planted, it produces fruit, trouble, and defilement. The book of Revelation tells us of a great star fell into the waters of the earth. It says the name of the star called Woodworm. And the third part of the water became Woodworm. And many men died of the water because, amen, there was much bitterness. That's Revelation 8 and 11. What one was not, amen, a star that produced that love. It was bitterness in that. Uh, the, uh, uh, the Webster Dictionary, New Dictionary, amen, it informs that the woodworm, amen, is a planet with bitter oil, but it can also refer to a bitter, unpleasant, a modified experience, the taste of which causes a gene and level of unpleasant memory. Are you got an amen, an unpleasant memory, an unpleasant taste? We're going to have to learn to forgive as we're here on earth. Sometimes a root of bitterness appear in a heart. Man's heart get bitter sometimes. They were saying, thank you, Jesus, and one day, amen, and all of a sudden, amen, they don't turn bitter. You wonder what's wrong with them. A woodworm. They done got the wrong kind of water. But the plant has not yet sprung up or manifested itself visible. This is the best time to pluck up it and replant it with a root of love and faith. If you see a man bitterness come up, pluck it up. Pluck it up. I'm talking about in a saint heart now. 
because we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. We are not supposed to produce bitter fruit. What exactly is the bitter, the root of bitterness? Why does it affect people in such injuring ways? Why does it lead to hate for one another? The root of bitterness, amen, is unforgiveness. That's what the root of bitterness is, amen. It's unforgiveness. People don't want to forgive one another. That is what the root of bitterness is, amen, unforgiveness. When people are not willing to forgive others, amen, bitterness comes within their spirit. We're living in that day and time, amen, that unforgiveness. But while we are yet here on this earth, we must learn to forgive one another. Amen. In this present age and in this present time. When people are not willing, amen, to forgive others, they unforgivingly plant in their heart the root that eventually springs up as bitterness. The amen. It, it, it brings bitterness in your heart when you're not willing to forgive one another. Yes, people may do you wrong, but if you have Jesus Christ and you have the love of Jesus Christ, you ought to be able to forgive people. If you can't forgive people, uh, your brother or your sister, then your Heavenly Father cannot forgive you. If you allow that root of bitterness to spring up in your heart and live within you, the Lord himself cannot forgive you. If God forgave us of our sins, we must forgive our brothers and sisters of their trespassing against us. Paul wrote, let all bitterness and wrath and anger Climbingness and evil speaking be put away from you. Let all don't, don't don't allow that to dwell in your Amen soul or richness where the Holy Ghost is. Amen. God is not gonna stay in a place like that. A place of confusion. With all malice. In contrast to bitterness and its ugly fruit, he advised, be ye kind one to another. Uh, 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 that, is that our lives as Christians? Are we going to be kind one to another? One? Be ye kind one to another. Be tender hearted. Don't, don't be so tough hearted. Don't be so stubborn. He said be tender hearted. Forgiving one another. Learn to forgive one another. You don't have to go to bed with that heavy weight upon your mind, amen, because you did not forgive somebody. Learn to forgive. Even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Amen. 
God forgave you for your sins, and we should learn to forgive other people of their sins. Christ sake, he has forgiven us. Christ took our sins, amen, on the cross. He forgave us when we should have been hanging there. But Jesus hung there in our stead, and he forgave us for our sins. We got to choose, amen, to forgive. Choose, choose to forgive. Many people, amen, they become bitter because they have never made the deliberation choice to forgive. They just won't, won't forgive. Got all that old, amen, I like to say, God is stuck <laughs> off in their life. They don't want to forgive. They don't, amen, they're too macho. Amen. Is to ask God, amen, to help them learn how to forgive. They don't want to forgive. But we must learn as believers to forgive one another. The word translate forgiveness means to send away. Unfortunately, many of us prefer to tighten our grip or perceive our knowing wrong rather than letting them go. Amen. We'll tighten our grip. Amen. Say it's all right. We won't let go. But we must learn to let go. We must learn to let go. Remember everything we do, every word we speak, amen, God is going to give us an account of what we've done, what we're saying. May cling at first around a man desire to get eat, uh, even. Horrible, a vendetta spirit makes some people feel justified. To harbor a vendetta spirit makes some feel justified. But this feeling is not the spirit reality. The only true justification comes from God forgiven towards us. Only true justification, it comes through God forgiving us. Not our restitution against others. As Paul wrote, we are justified by his blood. Romans 5 and 9, we are justified by his blood. We must learn to forgive each other, amen, in this time we're living in. Don't let bitterness spring up in your heart against nobody. In contrast, Jesus Christ quickly released wrong and hurt while hanging on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them. Now, if anybody wanted to hold anything against anybody, it could have been Jesus, amen, but he was on the cross. He was scarred and he was beaten. He he was bleeding, but he said, Father, forgive them. Well, they know not what they do. He said, they don't know what they have done. And of a truth, amen, we as believers can understand that now they didn't know what they were done. 
They didn't know, amen, what they were done to crucify our Lord. Luke 23 and 34. He did not wait for his execution to act for forgiveness. He took the initiative of forgiveness to his enemies. Before, amen, he died. He was granted execution, amen. He, he took the initiative, amen, to for his enemies say, forgive me. And, and as follows, we should do likewise, amen. Don't wait till we die, amen. Ask forgiveness right now while you're alive. You know people that did you wrong, and you know people don't do you wrong. That's when Jesus said, pray for them that despitefully use you. Remember, you are new creatures in Christ Jesus. Old things has passed away, and behold, all things has become new. Christ, he explained, pointed to, amen, the deepness or the travailance we can have for forgiving others. One great benefit, amen, is that forgiveness Freeze our heart from the corruption of bitterness. If we forgive, amen, our heart is free. Free from the corruption of bitterness. Bitterness, amen, is an evil thing. And you don't want your heart full of bitterness. Trying to make it to heaven, amen, and you got, if your heart is full of bitterness, you are full of sin. And you don't know what the word of God saying. That saying ain't going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Certain forgiveness. Forgiving others is in our own best interest. But more important, we shall forgive others because God has forgiven us. That's why we should forgive others. Amen, because God has forgiven us. We must learn to forgive others. That is, amen, white against black, black against white, Hispanic, amen, Chinese, ever what race is. We must learn to forgive one another because God has forgiven us. We all have but one father. We're all trying to reach that same destiny, that is heaven. So we must all learn to forgive one another. Don't let the spirit of bitterness be raised up in your heart. In these days and time that we're living in, can't see prejudice everywhere on the face of this earth. Don't let the root of bitterness, amen, come up in your heart. Love ye one another as I have loved you. And by this, all men should know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. God has forgiven us. Paul, a certain amen, this what he wrote to the Colossians, even as Christ forgive you, so also do you forgive. Colossians 3 and 13. 
The Bible links forgiveness with love. Yes, the Bible links forgiveness with love. For example, Jesus says, to whom little is forgiven, the same love is little. If you forgive little, you're going to get little. Luke 7 and 47. He that does suggest the same of us have been forgiven, only a little. He meant that amen, some do not perceive and appreciate how much they have been forgiven. No, they don't. That they do not show much love toward others. Revealing this especially when it comes to forgiveness, those who may offend them. Well, look how much the Lord forgave us. My God, we just must learn as believers is to forgive those that do us wrong. Put forgiveness in your heart. Don't let the root of bitterness spring up in your heart and say, I'm not going to forgive that person. If Jesus has forgave you for your sin, and you know, amen, he has forgiven you for your sin, forgive, forgive that boy, that girl that's watching, amen, that is listening tonight. Jesus is saying, you forgive that somebody that did you wrong. You know they did you wrong, but forgive them. Jesus told a story in Matthew, the 18th chapter, of a man who received forgiveness for a great debt. He had no means to pay. He then went out and demanded that a man who owed him a comparison small amount repay every cent. This story illustrates, amen, the extent of God displeasing with people who gladly receive his forgiveness, yet refuse to forgive others. Amen, God, amen, forgave this man of a great big debt. And he went on, amen, left the Lord rejoicing because God forgave him. And here, amen, another man owed him a small amount, amen, and he wouldn't forgive him of that debt. God got angry with him. Because he wouldn't forgive the man, and he had God had forgiven him. He then went out and demanded that a man who owed him a comparison small amount replied, "Repay every cent. Give me everything." This story illustrates the extent of God displeasing with people who. Gladly receive his forgiveness, but refuse to forgive others. Freely you have received, and freely give. The Lord can freely give to us his love. Now he said, freely you have received. Now freely give, give back to God. 
we need no other reason to choose to forgive than that God has grudgingly forgive us a great deal we could never repay. We can't never repay God for our sin. And he forgave us. Now, why can't we forgive one another? Living in forgiveness. As we live, amen, we must learn to forgive while we live. Forgiveness, amen, free our heart from the corruption of bitterness. Put on the new man. In this letter, amen, to the Colossian Paul, amen, he reminded them that believers have put on the new man. Colossians 3 and 10. The believers have put on the new man, which he described in a way similar to put on a coat. The believer is a man to put aside such things as anger. The Bible says, be ye angry, but what? Sin not. Not, excuse my French. Be ye angry, but sin not. Put away filthiness, filthy things that a man perceives out of the sinner's mouth. Don't have no business coming out of your mouth. Filthy communication. You don't have no business cursing as a believer. If you don't receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost don't let that slip. The Holy Ghost browse your tongue. Lie to one another. You ain't you don't have no business lying to one another. Speak the truth. I'm talking about to a believer now. <clears throat> he told a man, the believer, to put off these old behavior and put on the new life. That is, in art in Christ Jesus. They were to stop acting in ungodly ways and put on Christ. Now that was, now that we are saved, we too should stop acting according to the old ways and begin acting to our Creator. Now we let us say, Amen. We ought to act like our Creator act. When we are living in Christ Jesus, we should be quickened quickly to forgive those who commit wrong against us. But the devil wants us to hold that grudge. Sometimes we hold it for years, and sometimes we don't never release ourselves from that bitterness root. And you don't allow all that bitterness, amen, to live in your life all this time. Those who commit wrong against us, regardless of the seriousness of their transgression, we must forgive them. The Lord is teaching us tonight is to forgive one another. Forgive one another as I have forgiven you.
Put on mercy. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved bowels of mercy. Put on some mercy. God have mercy on me. Put on some mercy. Put on kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man has a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgive you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity. Put on some love. Put on that agape love. That love, amen, that can go through hell fire. Put on that agape love. That divine love. That is the love of Jesus Christ, which is the bond of perfection. Colossians 3, 12, and 14. Amen. Put some mercy on Paul reminds, amen, the believer that they are the elect of God. You are God's elect. You are God's chosen one. This means God himself has chosen each of us, which opened to us the opportunity to embrace his call and become one of his children who demonstrates the value on the earth. God has chosen you. Amen. God has embraced you. is to show his love right here on earth. Paul also called the believer holy and beloved. This revealed, amen, that God sets us apart no longer to serve ourselves, but to serve him and to glorify him in all we say and do. We are here to glorify the name of Jesus. Let us learn, amen, is to forgive one another in this hour that we're living in right now. And the Lord will forgive you. This is Dr. Moore saying, God bless you and thank you. That was also coming from Dr. Moore. Really if you're available on Sunday, we do virtual church at 11.30 a.m. on Facebook.com at the Blessings for Grace radio page. We'll be back next week. God bless. Good night. You coming to bed, hon? Yep. Honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change, like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on, and Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.